Hello and welcome to the Crossroads Church Podcast, where we desire to see a world transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ. If you have a story to share about how God is working in your life, you can send a message to info at mycrossroads.co. Now, let's get our hearts and minds ready for a powerful message from God's Word. Good morning, everybody. And good morning to those who are watching online around the country and around the world. We are really, really glad that you are part of the Crossroads family. You know, last week we started a series on, uh, called uh, When Pigs Fly, and it's about, about miracles. There's over 300 miracles that are, are documented in the Bible, and they can really be categorized under several, several categories. One, a, a, of healing, miracles of healing of deliverance, of protection, and provision. We're going to look at, at, at some from every one of, of those. And here's the reason we're doing this. We're doing that not just because they're really cool stories, which they really are, but what we're also going to do is it's, hopefully it's going to increase your faith. Because here's the things we know about life is there's going to be times you're going to need, and people you love are going to need a miracle of healing or a miracle of, division, of protection or deliverance or, or provision or any of those things. And it's going to be really encouraging to know that we serve a God who loves to protect and deliver and heal and things. You know, I used to think that it, was, uh, it would have been really amazing to be one of the original 12 disciples. I mean, that would have, how cool would it be to just hang out with Jesus 24-7, you know? I mean, just to be able to hear, hear everything that he's talking about and, and watch the miracles and see the things he's doing and, and just, you know, if you get sick, you just go, hey, can you heal me? You know, kind of this kind of thing. And just be, you know, be in that kind of relationship with Jesus. But then I look at the, the Bible and I realize they went through a lot of junk, man. I mean, they went through an awful, awful lot of junk. In fact, the, uh, right before what we're going to be taking a look at today, the passage is they just in, encountered a storm that they truly thought they were going to die in. I mean, they have just been through where they thought they were going to die, and Jesus calmed the storm, and they're just coming from that, and they're going to run face-to-face into a a demon-possessed man. And one thing about it, you know, uh, we're going to take a look at, we're going to look at deliverance today. We took a look at at healing last week, and one thing we thank God, and we had a lot of testimonies. I mean, a lot of testimonies about healings last week, and and even when somebody came up after the, before the service and, and said, man, I'm telling you, I had the worst backache and everything and just gave a, an incredible testimony. So I praise God of that. But we're going to take a look also today at, the, at, at, at deliverance. And there's a whole lot of churches out there that will not touch this subject. There's a whole lot of churches out there that won't mention these miracles. And we're going to because of this, first and foremost, because it's in the Bible. God put it in there for a reason. Jesus teaches about it a lot. Jesus gives examples of that a lot. And and here's the reason, too, is because you and I are going to face forces of darkness in our life. You just have to look out at at our society, look out at our world, and look out in your life and my life on a regular basis and realize there is forces of darkness that are coming against, against us. So we're going to have to, we're going to want to take a look at how did Jesus deal with those things so that we can do and be victorious in the same way as, as well. So we're going to take a look at Mark's uh, account of this. It says Mark chapter 5, verse, verse, uh, starting with verse 1, they, talking about Jesus and the disciples, and I want you to, as we're reading this, I want you to picture you're there. I want you to picture as if this is happening to you, as if you were part of the, the party here. Imagine if you were one of the disciples and this was encountering. Said They went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Now check this guy out. 
This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to me that you won't torture me. For Jesus had said, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. I know this is uh, something that the Bible makes it clear is we're going to counter uh, the forces of darkness in this world. In fact, this is what Ephesians says. It says, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood. We try to think it is, but it's not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. In other words, there is an unseen battle that's going on all the time all around us. We may not be aware of it, but it's real and it's true. There really are angels. There really are demons. There really is a Satan. And there's battles going on all around us for our families, for our community, for our church, for for your marriage, for everything, there's a, and for your, your own, for just over you on a regular basis, and we need to know that. So here's the question. Who is Satan, and where, are the, you know, where do these demons come from? What I realize is there's a lot of people who have never stepped foot in, our church, you know, in a church before that are coming, and people who are watching online, and you don't have that background. So I'm going to share this. Some of you know this, is that, that he was an exalted Lucifer. Satan was an exalted angel at one time, and he got a big head, and he goes, I don't want to worship God. I want to be God. So he tries with, to, to form a coup with one-third of the angels of heaven and tries to take over heaven. Well, that's not going to work, is it? The creation is never going to be uh, equal to the creator. So God throws him out of heaven, and now you've got one-third of the angels are now, uh, are now demons. And something that they know is they cannot attack God directly anymore. They are, they are mad. They, are, they know their time is short. They know they can't hit, attack him directly. Directly, so they attack what is the most, uh, most valuable, what is most precious, what God loves the most, and that's you and that's me. So he goes after us to try to get back at, uh, at God. And 2 Corinthians 2.11 says that we are not to be unaware of Satan's schemes. We're supposed to know what he's going after. We are supposed to know what, what, what his strategies, what his plans are. So what are they? Jesus makes it really clear in John 10.10. He says this, For the, the thief comes only to kill, steal, and destroy. Do you got that? Kill, steal, and destroy. So here's the question is, what does he want to kill? What does he want to steal? What does he want to destroy from us? And I thought of just a few here. His strategy is he wants to steal your joy, he wants to steal your hope, and he wants to steal your peace. He wants to destroy your marriage, he wants to destroy your testimony, and he wants to destroy your finances. He wants to destroy every relationship that you have. He wants to put a wedge between you and your kids, between you and your parents, between you and your friends, between you and your coworkers, between, he's just all about division. He loves to bring fear and depression and sickness and discouragement and anger. He wants to bring havoc into your family and, into, and to your children. He wants to confuse your thinking. He wants you to believe lies and not believe the truth. He, wants to, uh, he, he loves to inflict suffering and pain. He loves to enslave and put people into bondage like chemicals and lust and alcohol, drugs, anything like that. He loves to see people in bondage. He loves also, and I think one of the biggest strategies that he has for this culture may not be something that we're really aware of, and that's to distract us. 
I mean, think about how many times he distracts us in our world by, it may not even be a bad thing, it's even good things, but it, it distracts us from the, from the best things. And, you know, there's times that people stop going to church and I'll call them up and say, well, you know, what are, you know what's, what's, what's going on? And they've never said this. Oh, uh, yeah, we become Satanists. Yeah, that's why we haven't started. It's always this. We've just become too, what's the word? Busy. We've just been too busy. And you think about that. If, if we are too busy to spend time with God every day, if we're too busy to spend time with God every week, if we're too busy to be involved in a ministry which God created us to, to be involved in, then, man, we're too busy. And who do you think has worked overtime to make us that busy? Something else is, is too, is some of you are most likely thinking, well, you know, I'm not even sure I believe in this Satan thing that you're talking about or demons or anything like that. Again, who do you think is really happy about that if you don't believe in it? Who do you think has gone overtime and worked overtime in your mind and over your thoughts to make sure you don't believe in him? Because you've made his life easy if, that, if, if, he doesn't believe, if you don't believe in him. And something else that I, that I think of too is an interesting fact is we have more people who believe in, uh, in Satan and angels and demons than at any time in our nation's history. Isn't that wild? But here's the thing that I think a lot of people believe in a misconcept of of what, uh, what demons are and what Satan is and, and things like that. I believe we kind of, you know, a lot of people just picture him as this kind of little toy that sits on your shoulder and whispers, you know, you should do this, you should do this, while an angel over here, no, don't do that, don't do that, or things like that. And we kind of have him as this guy with a pitchfork and, you know, a, a tail and all this and running around. Really, we're not going to bother him, he's not going to bother us. But we've just read what he's going to do. He wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we can't think he's out just to, you know, j- just to, for no reason. And here's the things I want you to say. There's two things that we cannot assume. The first thing we cannot assume is that, that everything, you know, that happens in our life that's, that's a struggle or bad or anything like that comes directly from, from him because it's, it's, not, it's not the case. There's maybe that something falls in our eye, you know, maybe a gnat goes in our eye because, I don't know, we live in a world that has gnats in it. Maybe the reason you stub your toe isn't because Satan's out to get you, but maybe you just were walking around barefoot and you stubbed your, you stubbed your toe. I mean, there's things that, and you can't say, you can't say in your life that, uh, you know, that the devil made you eat that, eat that cake. You know, it was looking all chocolatey and wonderful and delicious and everything. That's what made you eat that cake. And how many of us remember Flip Wilson? Remember any Flip Wilson? And, and he'd also do the thing with Geraldine and all this, and he'd say, the devil made me do it, right? Well, I've got some really good news for you. The devil cannot make you do anything. He can tempt you to try to make you do some stuff. He can also lie to you. But the only time we empower him, the only time we, we give him power in our life is when we agree with that lie or when we, or when we go with the temptation that he has. Other than that, he has no, he has no power over us in any, in any way unless we agree with him. But the other thing is this. Don't assume that everything comes from him, but also don't assume things aren't coming from him either. Now, let's just face it. Some things, you know, raising kids are tough, and kids will be kids. Uh, marriage is, is tough, and, you know, and relationships are tough. And some things, just things happen at work. Sometimes things just happen at school. But there's other times they don't just happen. They're an assignment against you. And sometimes we know the difference, don't we? Sometimes we know the difference between just having a bad day, and we're under attack. Our marriage is under attack. Our kids are under attack. This world is under attack. And there's the difference. We usually, we know, or at least a lot of times we know, no, man, this isn't just happening. This is happening. This is an attack from the enemy to try to discourage us or try to destroy us or try to put us down, whatever that is. 
And something that we have to uh, think of there too is, is I thought, as I was preparing this message and the next week's message, which is about you know, deliverance and about dealing with the demonic, man, all of a sudden my health went weird. I mean, it was just crazy things. For three days, I couldn't get off my couch as I'm writing this. And anybody that knows how much energy I have, that's just wild. And I started doing weird things where my fingers and my toes were stinging and doing all this weird stuff. And maybe, maybe, maybe it just happened. And maybe it's because Satan does not want you to hear what I'm talking about this week or next week. Maybe he'll do everything he can to try to get you from hearing these things because then his gig is up. And then, when, so let's go on with the story. When Jesus, then Jesus asked him, what is your name? And he said, my name is Legion. He said, for we are many. What is a legion? A legion was the biggest cohort in the, in the Roman army. It was, was 6,000 soldiers. So think of it. This guy had 6,000 demons inside of him. No, 6,000 of anything inside of you is a lot. 6,000 M&Ms are a lot of M&Ms inside of you, right? I've, have anybody else tried to put 6,000 Doritos inside of you at the same time? 6,000 of anything is a lot. This guy was chock full of demons. And you know what? You and I, don't miss this, you and I are going to be filled with something. We are going to be filled with something. There are people who are filled with, with lust. There are people who are filled with hatred. There are people who are filled with discouragement. There are people who are filled with whatever. You know, I could go on and on and on. We are going to be filled with something. This guy was so filled with evil that it affected how he talked. It affected what he did. It affected how he thought. It affected how he related with people. And God also wants us to be filled with something. He has created us to be filled with his Holy Spirit. That is what you were created to be filled with. And you know what that means is he wants you to be so filled with his presence that it affects the way we talk and it affects the way we think and it affects the way we act and it affects the way we relate to other, the other people. We are going to be filled with something. What better thing to be filled with than what God has created us to be filled with? And listen to this. He begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the, of the area. And, and I love this. Jesus is totally unintimidated by the demonic. He is totally unintimidated by forces of, uh, uh, of evil. Now, if I was one of the disciples and all of a sudden I got one foot in the boat and one out and I'm just about to go there and all of a sudden this guy comes out, you know, running at us, shrieking, naked, right, bleeding, everything cut everywhere. I don't know about you, but I just kind of put maybe one foot back in the boat and say, oh, Jesus, we got to go somewhere. Come here. Let's, I got places to go. And I mean, that would intimidate me. But something I love is, is, is Jesus isn't in any way intimidated here. You know what that means for you and I? That means that, that when you and I face things that intimidate us, God's not intimidated. I'm really glad that when I pray to a God, he's not intimidated the way I'm intimidated by the things that I see and happening to me. Another thing is, is this. Jesus is in complete control. The demons were begging Jesus. They were falling on their knees in front of Jesus. Jesus had, any time he made a commandment here, the demons, they didn't fuss. They didn't fight. They didn't argue. They didn't, they completely 100% obeyed at that time. Jesus was completely in control. And again, you know what that means for our life? God's in control even when we're not. Even when it looks like all hell's breaking loose and everything else, God is still in control. In fact, he says this. He says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. The God God inside of you is greater than the power that's going on on the outside. He said, he said, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Not anybody else's feet, your feet. He also says he will strengthen and protect us from the evil one. God is going to strengthen and protect you from the evil one that's coming against you. So what do we do? 
I mean, what do we do? How do we, how do we combat this? I think he gives us many, several things, and this is, don't miss what we're talking about here. Uh, the first thing is he gives us the power of his Holy Spirit. The last words Jesus said, ever said on this earth was this, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And thank God for that, because I don't know about you, but I do not have the power to face those demons. I do not have the power to face, to face forces of darkness. I don't in, in, in my own. But God has put a power inside of me and inside of you. And the king of the universe is inside of you. The God of gods, the Lord of lords, the king of kings is inside of you and will give you the power that you need to overcome anything that comes your way. And not only, amen, and not only does he give you power, he gives you the authority to, to, to use that power. There was a time when the disciples, Jesus sent out the disciples, the 12 disciples, and he said this. Watch what he gave them. He said this in Matthew 10.1. He called the 12 disciples to him, and he gave them authority to drive out evil spirits and to heal every disease. And then he sent out not only the 12, then he sent out 72 other people, okay? And he gave, and this is what happened. They came back, man, they saw some incredible miracles, incredible things take place. They are stoked. Listen to what they say. The 72 returned with, with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Don't miss those words, in your name. And Jesus replied to them, I love this, but his reply isn't just for them. His reply is for us, for you right now where you live. And he says this. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. You know one thing I'm really thankful for? I'm thankful for the, for the people who, who work in law enforcement in our, in our church. Can we just give them a thank you for everything? Is, this is amazing to me that they can, you know, a, a man or woman can come up to a highway and go like this and hundreds of cars, semis, trucks, tractor trailers, everything, stop. Isn't that incredible? I mean, think of it. If they did that in their own power, they would get smushed, right, or their own authority. They're no match for a semi. They're no match for any of those things. But they have been given an authority from the, from, from the state, from the, from the government, right? And that authority tells them they can do things, that, and giving them authority to do things they can't do in their own strength. They can stop an entire highway. You know what? God has given you enough authority. God has given you the authority and the power to stop whatever is coming against you and whatever is coming against your family, whatever is coming against our nation, whatever is coming against our church, whatever it, whatever it is. Another thing he's given us is the name of Jesus. Said, uh, look at Philippians 2.9. It says, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. I just want, I don't know if I'm just supposed to say this right now. Every name. That means over fibromyalgia, over cancer, over, over rebellion, over disease, over sickness or infirmity, anything else, the name that is above every name. That the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You know, I remember the first time, I, I, one of the first times I ever encountered somebody who was truly demon-possessed. I mean, full-blown possession. And I remember I was at a church in Brazil, and we were ministering there, and all of a sudden this, this lady come, came up after the service or during the you know, ending of the service and said, every time I come to church, the demons manifest themselves. So I get one other person to come and be with me, and all of a sudden, so I just look and said, in the name of Jesus Christ, and she shrieked. She went, Whoosh! 
And all of a sudden, she went like this and tried to scratch my eyes out. And I grabbed her hand. I said, in the name of Jesus. And she went flopping on the floor. We saw her delivered and everything. But I saw two things. I saw how real Satan was that day. But I saw also how real and powerful the name of Jesus, that those demons could not stand. They could not take it. They could not be in the same presence as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen? He also gives us the power to bind and loose. Think of what Jesus said this. He said, I tell you the truth, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. This is changing people's whole mindset. What you have, you didn't even know what you carry, did you? And things. And so he says, and think, go ahead and show that picture up there. This is in the Greek, truly, what it means to be bound, what that word means. So there it is. And we can do that to Satan and his, and his schemes. We can do that. We can say, in the name of Jesus Christ, be bound. You are not coming against my children. I bind you in the name of Jesus who's trying to deceive my child, who's trying to have my child, who's in, in rebellion. I bind that in the name of Jesus Christ, and I loose the power of God. God over my child or you can say the same thing in you know in 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 whatever it is you can do that over your over your finance you can bind whatever's coming against sickness that's coming against you or a loved one we can bind it and we can loose the healing power of Jesus Christ and you know what that means that means that means this that means if you've got a child who's rebelling you know, give them whatever you need to, to do for them in that, way, in that way, in the natural. If you need to, you know, make sure, monitor who they're spending time around, do it. If you need to take away their phone and, you know, and, and do that, somehow they're going to live through that or do any discipline you can. But you know something that maybe you never thought of is I'm going to get on your knees and bind whatever's coming against them, the forces that are coming against the children of our, uh, of our generation. Come against that. Because I'll tell you one thing, a lot of parents have found this. A lot of parents that have found some time on their knees binding and loosing is a lot more productive than spending time a thousand times in trying to be you know trying to to whatever disciplinary acts or anything like that do the disciplinary acts but also spend some time on our, our knees something else that we need to do understand too is is maybe that maybe you're under have an addiction or anything like that do what needs to be done. If you need to go to a 12-step program, go to it. If you need to, to go to some of the programs we have in our church, whatever counseling you need. But also, man, do some binding and loosing. Do some binding against those spirits that are coming against you in, in the name of Jesus Christ. Some other things that, that also, maybe you're in depression. Maybe you're having panic attacks. Maybe you're having anxiety. Maybe there's fear that's coming against you. Do what you need to do. Go to the doctors. Go to the counselors. Go to, to, to there. But also know that there's some spirits behind those things a lot of times. That the Bible says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and sound mind. I mean, there's some spirits coming against you. And maybe one of the reasons you're afraid, maybe some of the times that panic is it's an attack against your well-being. It's an attack against your spirit. It's an attack against your emotions. And maybe also, maybe there's some marriage things that are going on. And something, again, go to the counseling. Do the things. Go on the retreats. Spend time with each other. Go and date like you did before and, and, and build that relationship again. But also gather as a, as a husband and wife and start binding those things that are coming against you. Come against those. You know why? Because the Bible says it's, it's not against the flesh and blood that we're going against things. Do you know what that means? That means your spouse isn't the enemy. That means your child isn't the enemy. That means your parent isn't the enemy. Your boss isn't the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. So let's start treating the enemy like the enemy and our loved ones like loved ones. Amen? Our back to our story. So there's this guy filled with demons. Now imagine yourself seeing this. Imagine you were tending pigs, just sitting back tending pigs, and all of a sudden this is happening. 
A large herd of pigs was feeding on the, on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. These demons felt safer in a herd of pigs than they did in the presence of God. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went to the pigs. Here's the first account of deviled ham that we ever have right here. The herd of about 2,000 in number rushed down the steep banks into the lake and were drowned. Imagine watching this. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to, in their town and countryside, and the people went out to see what, what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in their right mind. And I was thinking... You know, if this happened today, can you imagine this making the news? Can you imagine watching this on the news? Maybe it would look like something like this. Good evening. This is Gary Goldstein for the Global Gathering Gossip News. Our top story for today, mass pig suicide. The bloating carcasses of over 1,666 suicidal swine were found floating in Lake Gathering today. Why the portly pigs took the plunge is yet to be established. However, prominent pig proprietors are blaming the incident on a passing problematic profit. With us live via satellite is one of those pig proprietors, Harold Honeyday. Harold, can you hear me? Harold. Is it working? Can y'all hear me? Yeah, me and my brother Bubba, we watch the pigs. We're the community pig watchers. Now, if you don't work with pigs, you think that's an easy thing, but you gotta watch them little things. So anyway, they started acting funny, like there's a sale on bacon at Winn-Dixie. Started running down the hill, diving into the water. Now, if you don't work with pigs, you may not know this. They's not good swimmers. You're never gonna see synchronized swine swimming in the Olympics. They can't do it. They tried. Little hooves out there. It's not a buoyancy problem, it's a density problem. They so dense. Anyway, they all drowned. I mean, we tried to save a couple of them. Bubba dragged one of them out and did that, uh, that there uh, Hamlet maneuver. Didn't save him. All the pigs died. All the pigs I'm in charge of died. Now, I'm glad that fella's feeling better in the graveyard. But who's gonna pay for all them pigs? Maybe it was something like that. I don't know. So, so the deviled ham turns into, you know, to, to, to swine, right? I mean, diving swine. And so what you've got, imagine you being one of the, the people in the town. And all of a sudden, these people come in, and they're yelling about the guy that's been possessed. And you go running up there, and here's what you see. You see the guy that used to be possessed, naked, bleeding, all this. And suddenly, he's dressed, he's in his right mind, he's talking sense, he is, he's cutting up, he's having fun, he's dialoguing with people. What's going through your mind? Let me ask you this, what, what's your response going to be? I'll tell you, what, what should have their response been? Shouldn't their response have been high fives, fist bumping, your chest bumping? Man, this is awesome. Look what Jesus did. I mean, this guy is completely healed. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming in our area and transforming our area. That's what you would think should happen. Watch what actually happened. When they came to Jesus... They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed in his right mind, 
And they were afraid. Wait, wait, wait. Now they're afraid? Oh, they weren't afraid when this guy is, you know, when this berserk guy is going around, running around naked and possessed. They weren't afraid. They're, now they're afraid that the guy's set free. Isn't that kind of weird? Isn't that kind of a lot like a lot of things in our culture? There are a lot of people that are way more comfortable in the presence of the demonic than they are in the presence of, of, of God. And isn't it weird? Even a lot of Christians, there are some Christians, a lot of Christians that would be, you know, more comfortable talking about a zombie apocalypse than the Holy Spirit or in angels or anything like that. We've kind of tourist things completely around. Now listen to this one. This is the one that really bugs me. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. That can't be right. To plead with Jesus to leave the region? I mean, think of this. They actually, they didn't ask, just ask Jesus. They were saying, please, 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 get out of here. Get out of here. Please, just, just get out of here. Jesus kicked the pigs out, and they kicked Jesus this has always bugged me. I mean, just that it sure seemed like, why, why, why? Maybe one of the reasons is they cared more about the pigs than they did people. And so, can we do that sometimes? Can we get everything mixed up? I remember one time I was running in Northern California, found something, found out that it was happening, had happened in that area. There was a true story. There was a woman who was running and jogging and got mauled by a cougar. And she was killed by that, uh, by that cougar. And then they found the cougar, and they euthanized the, the cougar as well. So you've got a, a single mom who is left with two kids, and you've got a, or those, that's, the two kids are on their own now, orphan kids. And now you have orphan cubs, and, and so they had fundraisers for both of these in order to try to make it so that they could, you know, live, live life from then on. Guess which one had twice as much money as the other one did? There was twice as much money given to the cubs to take care of them than were given to the children to take care of them in their, in their life. And now, you'll never find anybody who loves, you know, loves animals or loves nature more than me. Can we just see that's wrong? That somehow when we have, or anything, just whatever those pigs represent, because really what those pigs maybe represent is, is suddenly it costs them something. And with Jesus in the area, now it costs them something. We're okay to follow Jesus until it costs us something in our life, until it costs our time or our money or our talents or resources, anything like that. And sometimes, sometimes we can get everything mixed up. Jesus said that, that one life is worth more than 2,000 pigs. That was his economy. You know what else he said is, is he's showing us that, that in our culture, a lot of times, we say that we're supposed to love things and use people. And Jesus is showing us, no, you love people and you use things. They got it completely mixed up. But here's one thing that I love about Jesus here is he showed us something. He showed us that while everybody else had given up on this guy, everybody else had given up on this guy, Jesus didn't give up on this guy. And God will never give up on you. God will never give up on your loved one. You know, my brother was a cocaine addict. He was on the streets of, uh, of San Diego living, living there at one time. And man, he was as lost as any person I've ever seen or heard of. And so there were times that I had given up on him. Jesus never gave up on him. And now he's walking with Jesus. And I praise God for, for that. Uh, but here's something I wanted to show one final a little clip. Because this is it. If there's one thing that I wanted to say, this is who we can be. This is what we can do in our life, for our family, for our, for our marriage, for our kids, for our, our boyfriend and girlfriend, for, our, you know, for our, our job, for our church, whatever it is, we can come against, we can take authority, and we can bind and loose in the name of Jesus Christ. And here's a great demonstration of that. I don't know where you are, devil, but I know you can hear me. 
you have played with my mind and had your way long enough. No more. You are done. Jesus is the Lord of this house. And that means there's no place for you here anymore. So take your lies, your schemes, and your accusations and get out in Jesus' name. You can't have my marriage. You can't have my daughter. And you sure can't have my man. This house is under new management. And that means you are out. And another thing. <laughs> I am so sick of you stealing my joy. But that's changing too. My joy doesn't come from my friends. It doesn't come from my job. It doesn't even come from my husband. My joy is found in Jesus. And just in case you forgot, he has already defeated you. So go back to hell where you belong and leave my family alone. Thank you so much for listening to the Crossroads Church Podcast. If you would like to listen to past Crossroads Church Podcast, you can go to mycrossroads.co slash podcast. Once again, thanks for listening.